Hi, my name is Jose Martinez, and I'm really, really thrilled. I'm very happy to be able to be with you, Chris, at the Culture Matter podcast. When you're developing your international business, one thing is often forgotten cultural differences. The Culture Matters International Business Podcast does exactly that. Focus on international business and cultural differences. Chris and Peter guide you through the maze of business and cultural differences in every podcast episode. Get the global perspective here at the Culture Matters International Business Podcast. Jose Martinez. There must be more to Jose Martinez than just the name Jose Martinez. <laughs> I know, although there are many Jose Martinez in Mexico. Yes, indeed, they are. Okay, now you've already told us where you are, or, or at least where you're from, from Mexico. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Um, where do you come from originally? Where are you now, if it's not the same place? And what is your so-called cultural frame of reference? And with that, I mean, have you spent time in other uh, cities, locations, rather, or countries than your, your home country? Sure, absolutely. Well, I actually was born here in Mexico, in Mexico City. Right now, I live in the state of Mexico, in Metepec City, very close to Mexico City, where is where's my office right now. Mm -hmm. And my cultural reference is basically, you know, I had the opportunity to live in three countries. Uh, one was Canada. I got a scholarship from Canadian government to learn about doing business with Canada and the APEC countries. So uh -huh. I was able to learn, um, you know, all the context for doing business um, legally and socially and culturally in, in Canada and the APEC countries. So my teammates were from, you know, like uh, Sri Lanka, Colombia, from uh, China and other countries. And uh, then uh, I came back to Mexico and I was able to work at Disney World in Florida. So uh -huh. I lived in Florida for, for some time while working at the park at Epcot Center. And there I also was able to take, you know, like a course they have on intercultural and cross-cultural cultures, um, learning about, uh, you know, Disney is designed. So there's like a pavilions of countries. So there's Italy, France, uh, Germany, and there's Morocco, Mexico, Japan, China. Uh -huh. uh, and I was able to learn about all the their different customs and the, the different, uh, you know, social interactions and businesses through this course there while I was working at the park actually oh. and working with them. And then I was able to, uh, to live in the UK because I got a scholarship from, um, from the WPO, which is the World Packaging Organization when I was uh, director for the Mexican Packaging As uh, Association. And I, you know, I learned, um, I made um, a diploma there on packaging. So uh, I was able to to live the experience to work, uh, to live in the UK. So basically that's that's uh, my framework. It, it, it actually helped me a lot because 80% of, uh, of my time has working time has been with international companies, US and UK companies. So I'm very much more into those cultural and type of business setting and, right. and mindsets. Yes. Uh, which is a little bit, uh, weird because I'm in Mexico and I have to, you know, like combine both. Yeah. Uh, so sometimes I'm, I'm, I get, uh, I, I even being Mexican, I get surprised about some things that we do. But in the same time, I'm Mexican, so I do those things 
for others have for other countries. So, right. so it's a it's a nice combination. And and while I've been working on the event industry for more than twenty years, so I have been able to 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 visit more than twenty five countries, and so far more than twenty five cities outside of Mexico. All right. Well, that's cool. Can I do one step back in in turn and one question about your time at Disneyland in um, in Florida? Is the the cultural courses that you received there? Is that was that an initiative from from Disney itself, or is that something that that is something that was your initiative? No, it's part of the program I went. So you were you were able just to go and work at the park, but yeah. there was also like this uh, special program they had. For some uh, students, because we were all students, we were still studying in our na native countries. Yes, and you could be able to get into this program, and uh, you could learn about all these different cultures. So it was a program made and designed by Disney. How long was that program? Eight months. Wow, that's that's yes. quite that's quite significant indeed. Uh, and then, um, okay, jumping forward to something you just recently said is and that's this is something i got from your bio which will be in the show notes on uh, culturematters.com uh, under podcast uh, how do you combine events management as you said and then international negotiations because they seem well, to you know, be something totally different <laughs> but you know actually it's not Chris, because uh whenever you're talking about trade shows and and conventions and and all that we basically talk about doing businesses and these businesses are not just locally. We, uh, in trade shows, we tend to have international pavilions and we basically travel around the world to see, you know, the same type of trade show, but in other countries. I used to work for Reed Exhibition, which is a very large uh, UK based, uh, trade show exhi exhibition company and yes. informal market, which is the largest, largest one. So we, we had to travel to Dubai or to Brazil or to whatever to see the same uh, trade show industry like automotive or hardware or, you know, fashion or whatever in other countries. And so I am very used to having all this interchange while doing events and also having I have the responsibility to to have, uh, you know, Chinese pavilions, Indian pavilions. Um, and uh, all sort of internationals coming to our show, and I was the one taking care of them. Or, for instance, when I did shows in the U.S., I was able to work in the international area where we greeted all the uh, visitors coming from other countries and show them around and let them know what they were able to do during their stay in our show or event okay just for for my understanding and um, and hopefully also for the uh, understanding of the audience you use the word pavilion can you describe what a pavilion is in your within your context sure absolutely a pavilion is where around 20 to 35 to actually could be 100 of companies come mm -hmm. to mexico mm -hmm. or the states and they build a whole area where they showcase their products. So we're talking about trade shows or international fairs where we have, you know, um, for instance, the packaging show in yeah. Chicago. Yes. So we had a whole pavilion, a hundred uh, Chinese companies coming with their products 
to show them to the international market. So what we did is basically host them and help them, you know, show their products. And then we will have an Indian pavilion and then we will have a German pavilion, an Italian pavilion. And I was, and it, will, it would, it would be then talk, it will talk about a third certain theme. So you have a theme, say packaging, or you have a a theme, say publishing, uh, or, or I don't know what, uh, aerodynamics, I don't know, something. And then different countries would then show off, okay, this is what we have. This is what we have. And, and then, uh, visitors can then, well, either educate themselves and I guess business and negotiations will be done then, then and there potentially. Right. Right. The, the, the idea is to put together people who wants to buy products and people who offers products. They yeah. could be local products or could be, you know, coming from other countries. And that's right. where the pavilions came into place because okay. then people will be able to connect with people from Italy or Germany or, you know, the Netherlands or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Now you say, and this is something that I also got from your bio. You have a, uh, some, well, you did some studies in Canada. Uh, you worked in the U.S. in different uh, uh, contexts, if you want. And then you went to the U.K. Basically, there, these are all um, Anglo-Saxon countries in terms of, of clustering countries together. Um, you cannot say, explain a culture cluster. A culture cluster is our countries that are comparable. Uh, they're not the same, but they're comparable. Take Canada and the U.S. Are they the same? No, they're not the same. Never say to a Canadian that he looks like an American because they will not like that. <laughs> right. Vice versa might work, actually. Um, because I've seen a few Americans that actually say, I, where are you from? I'm from Canada and they show an American passport. So it's, so <laughs> talking here about three Anglo-Saxon countries. So that's, that, that is a potential cluster. You could add Australia, New Zealand to that, for instance. There are Anglo-Saxon. Uh, it's not because they share the same language, but it's just same culture or same, well, attitude mentality. In your experience, say Canada, the US and the UK, your own experience, what, where do you see the differences between these, these three countries? Culturally, of well, course. I see, yeah, I absolutely see a lot of differences. Uh, you know, Canadians tend to be quite more formal, uh, uh -huh. quite less, um, you know, they, 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 uh, they know, you know, the, the, the US is much more about, um, in the individualistic company in, um, individualism is really strong mm -hmm. and everyone you know goes for the star of the moment um versus canada tends to be a little less individualistic though it is yes um but and it's more uh, so than, than but, mexico but it's it's a little bit less than the us that's what you're saying correct correct yeah. and um and actually in the us everything is less spectacular big amazing Awesome. Uh, great, fantastic, uh, right? And yeah. in the UK or Canada, you're just saying it's good. You know, that's it. It's, it's nice. But yeah. in the US, they tend to use the superlatives to to show they they you know their uh you know the way they they um express themselves about something, and it has to be more like a showbiz type of thing. Um, right. so I would say that there's, there's a lot of differences, uh, between Canadians and Americans. Canadians tend to be, you know, they tend to, uh, there are different cultures because yeah. I used to have a lot of Chinese and Indian, co um, colleagues or, um, students were there from these countries, but they tend to blend a little bit in, you know, 
in 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 the society they try to build a society even though they are different but in the u.s you kind of live there but you still live in your culture like if you're mexican you get along with mexicans if you're salvadorian you 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 live with the salvador people so it's the, it, if you're chinese there's the circle the network you live in is still there and yeah. you go out and leave but then come back to your network versus right. in Canada, where people tend to blend a little bit and try to build a society uh, that's my impression from living yeah. there um and the in the uk i think it, it's it's also very different there's a lot of um you know traditions there's a lot of, um, you know, uh, culture that has come from many, many, many years before. So there's a still a strong likeness for anything that has to do with, with the local culture and with the local, um, right. traditions. Um, so it's not as, uh, you know, as open as Canada, for instance, where everything is new and we're trying to build a country versus UK. We are a country with our own identity, yeah. even though we have some kind of disagreements between us. We're still, you know, under the queen, now the king. Uh, so yeah, there's, there's a lot of, um, for me, there's, there's a lot of differences, even though they are in the same framework. Um, but they, they do tend to have their particularities and, and even for a Mexican, like we actually know that Mexico tends to be uh, very different in terms of, uh, let's say, power distance. We're very hierarchical. We, we, we just do what the boss says because that's the way to do it, especially in the government. So when you go to these places, you really find there's a lot of uh, differences between you and these uh, countries. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like flipping a leaf. If you cross the border between the U S and Mexico, culturally, there's, there's, there is really not any of the dimensions of, of Hofstede that, that, that I use, which are, and just quickly call them a hierarchy, individualism. I call, I'll call the third one goal orientation because you avoid the gender discussion. And the fourth one is predictability. Um, which can also be called uncertainty avoidance. And, and none of these dimensions match these two countries, say Mexico and, um, and the United States slash Canada. Um, when we talk about these clusters, you, you also mentions, mentioned Mexico and LATAM and LATAM then stands for, for Latin America, I guess. Is there, I know there are differences. There are differences in, in Latin, Latin America, not South America, but including Mexico, Central America, and then South America. Um, why do you exclude Mexico from LATAM in this case? No, it's just, it's just to, it's just to, uh, it's just to clarify that Mexico is, is like where I live and I work and I, mm -hmm. I'm located. But then just to add that, well, you know, I, I basically know, all, I've been to all the Latin countries and I'm able to, you know, negotiate with them and have friends there. And there's a network there. You know that, you know, yeah. Latins, we tend to be very, um, you know, um, network oriented or very, uh, you know, we, we trust our trust is built on relationships more yes. than in, you know, if you comply with something like in Germany or, or, or I guess in, in, in the Netherlands, if you, if you do what you were supposed to do, you, you build trust versus in Latin and Mexico, you know, if you have a relationship with somebody and somebody recommends you, 
then yep. that's the way to do the business. Yes. It's not so much on how you deliver, but how you are connected. Yeah, it's it's. I think it, it's collectivism in a way. I mean, it falls under the the umbrella of of collectivism, relatively more Correct. so than individualism, uh, which you see in in, in Western Europe um, and North America. Um, so you, and that there's another. I am maybe we're, we're crossing crisscrossing a little bit um, on on the, the topics that you're talking about. Um, but I also read something that you you focus on positive psychology. Um, it raises the question: What is that? Is and then the other one: Is there also negative psychology? Or break <laughs> frame that a bit for us? Yes. Well, actually, um, positive psych- psychology is very new. Uh-huh. Uh, what we what we actually know as psychology is just the way that after the war, um, the doctors and people who were in charge of uh, helping people coming out of these mental uh, illnesses. Yeah. Uh, where, you know, was the development of psychology? Traditional psychology is just, you know, trying to help somebody to get away from or to be healed from mental illness versus, uh, positive psychology, which is just, you know, um, we don't assume that you are sick or that you have an illness. Mm-hmm. We just know that you're a person and you want to flourish. Mm-hmm. And because of that, we give you tools for you to flourish and we don't want to cure you we don't want to 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 take you away from an illness you may have one but what we give you is just the tools for you to be a better person just to to get uh you know and this helps you to be more healthy in terms of your you know thinking and everything you 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 do okay i mean it's it sounds very often uh uh, obvious in in this way um is it is this something that you're actively involved in and um are there cultures that are what how do you say that more either more accepting or are better at this yes absolutely absolutely there are because it has to do with the way that the country allows its population to flourish, to do. Um, usually we use the PERMA um, method, which is from, um, you know, the, um, which allows you to have healthy relationships. Mm-hmm. That's number one. So when, when you have a um, collectivistic country, you have this because you have extended family, like in Mexico, you have a standard family, your business partners are not your business partners, but also your friends. Okay. And you have personal recommendations, which makes it very strong. Mm -hmm. So that helps, for instance, then you have objectives. If Mm -hmm. you set yourself objectives, then your mind is set to do something that will allow this mind to be more healthy. And then there are some cultures that are more objective focused, like, for instance, uh, the Netherlands. You know, Mm -hmm. you like to have objectives that go directly to them. Um, So so depending on the different factors that we use to help to push these, um, you know, like uh, tools for you to be a better person, you will flourish more in certain sectors depending on the culture you are in. And you know that there, there are these, um, you know, uh, for for instance, the indulgence in terms of culture. Some cultures 
will make you feel like you are tied in traditions and you cannot do many things versus other cultures like Mexicans. We are very, very indulgent. So we tend to, you know, do what we want to do. Uh, and that also um, adds to the feeling of happiness. And Mexico also scores high in terms of happiness um, around the world versus other countries, which are more, you know, close to traditions and you are not allowed to express or to do what you want. So, yeah. so yes, it correlates. Okay. Understand. Okay. Makes sense. And, and, and thank you for the good examples. That's um, another one. And, and you have interesting topics because in terms of interesting topics, because I think you, you talk about fair service, right? Um, and fair in one country is totally unfair in another country. I mean, I have this story about what was it? Nike, the, the shoemaker or the, the sports apparel company. Yes. Uh, and, and that is, that's an American company and they have a so-called no gift policy. In other words, you cannot give gifts and you cannot take gifts either. And most, well, not most, but a lot of that stuff is made in Turkey. Now I was doing a workshop not so long ago for Nike. And, um, so we, we talked about this and this guy from Turkey, he looked at me. He said, listen, if I don't give gifts and if I don't receive gifts, nothing comes off the conveyor belt. And that is not seen unfair. That is simply seen as, as, and he literally used the word, uh, greasing the wheels. So how, how do you differentiate what, what's fair for you as a Mexican? For me, look, will look like bribery uh, as, a, as a Dutchman, for instance. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny, Chris, because Mexico has been, you know, having a process of sophistication in terms of negotiations. Um, I I believe that most of the countries or some countries think that we are not so sophisticated in terms of how we negotiate. Mm -hmm. But let me tell you that we have been passing a decade of having to negotiate very sophisticated things with the U.S., who, who uh -huh. is our most large partner. And that means, you know, uh, Americans, how they tend to negotiate, uh, how they prepare themselves, not only them, but our main, you know, um, business partners as Mexico. Yeah. You know? And this has forced us to understand the differences and to be more, um, you know, to adequate ourselves to, for instance, the US mm -hmm. or the UK, where, where you cannot give any kind of presence. Yeah. I would say that in our culture, it's totally fine and it's good, but we have learned that in high corporations, in large corporations, international corporations, that is something you shouldn't be doing. Yeah. So we are learning to 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 be more Americanized in terms of business deals. Mm -hmm. And I see the Americans also trying to be more Mexican in terms when they deal with us, they like to now this social part of it. Like right. the United States used to come and I want business. This is what we're going to do. Do it now when this is at in Chick Chuck Chuck Square. Yeah. And I don't, I don't care about your family or your daughter or, or your right. wife or anything. I don't, I don't care. I mean, are we going to make money? Yes. Okay. Fine. Let's do the, the deal and that's it. Yeah. And, and now, uh, they come and they see that we want them to go to a dinner or they want, or we invite them to our house. Yeah. And then uh, we talk about their children and now they are liking that part. 
You know, they are starting to understand that that if they want to do business in Mexico, anyone from outside is like they won't she, the Chinese won't she. You know, the relationship is really important. So if you don't have that, you don't have the business. You may have a one shot and you can do business in Mexico. One shot, that's going to be it. But I'm not going to like you and you're going to be done. And I'm not going to recommend you to anyone in my network. So now they know that. And, And we as Mexicans, we, even though we are very flexible with the time, like the ahorita, the ahorita Ajá. is, you never know. Ahorita, yeah, it could be mañana, could be in an hour, could Ajá. be half an hour, you do, you never know. So, but now we know that in business, the ahorita doesn't work very well. So we, we're now more focused on deadlines and on really, really going, you know, to the point or complying with time frames. Right. So that's a combination. So Mexicans, we are getting more sophisticated in terms of how we do the deals. And of course, we have a lot of, um, you know, not only with the, with the U.S., but we are very open to have a, a commercial interchange with, uh, it's around 54 countries right now. So we, we, we can deal with that. Yeah. I don't, I don't think Mexico has taken advantage of that because we still have a big reliance on the U.S. economy. Yeah, but at a certain point, there's going to be the opportunity to open more to other uh, markets. Yeah, yeah, it's it's good. It's, it's interesting stuff, and and you describe you 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 describe nicely in different words what I tell 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 my clients as well. When you when you don't understand gift giving in another country, don't even try. Don't start. And uh, typically, when you're coming from an individualistic country like Western Europe, uh, say the Netherlands, uh, the UK, France, Germany, etc., and you go and want to do business with a, with say Mexican, you don't start the business. The, the the Mexican will start to talk about business when they're ready, and so you just do whatever. You go with the flow, and you go with the beer, and you go with the tequila, and whatever is necessary, and a taco here, and, and they're all the stereotypes. Which are sometimes true and sometimes not true, um, but you described it in you describe it in a very nice and and in an interesting way. Um, I have two more questions, if you don't mind. I'm looking at the time that we are um, that we're here because I'd like to keep these these recordings more or less about half an hour. So the two more questions are: If can you give us please three more tips to become culturally aware or culturally competent, if you want? Sure, absolutely. Number one is something that has been, you know, discussed in your podcast before. Yeah. And it's the language. Language is a stronger connection, makes a stronger connection. If it's, even if you're not so, uh, you know, so perfect on speaking the language, it will help you a, a lot. I remember a time when I was in Canada and I was traveling. I used to live in Vancouver. So I traveled to Montreal and I rented a car and I yeah. made a wrong turn. And the police stopped me and I started to talk in English and explaining, you know, I'm from Mexico. I don't really, you know, know the signs. And, and then for some reason, he, I, I, I heard his French accent and I, I speak French. And so I started speaking French and he totally changed. Yes. He's, you know, he was like more friendly and he was like, Oh, don't worry. Just go Mexican, whatever. But the fact that I switched to French was, Instantly, he was so friendly to me yeah. that I was 
I was amazed. It, it, it was just, you know, he opened the door. Absolutely. And I've learned that because I speak uh, French, Italian, Portuguese, of course, Spanish. Uh, I can read German and I'm, um, you know, I can also speak a little bit of uh, Mandarin. Mm-hmm. And I know that every time I approach somebody from that country or that, you know, that speaks that languages, if I start speaking to them in their language, they will be very friendly and help you. So it's for me, a lang- languages open doors. So that, that will be first advice. Second will be to get really immersed on the local culture. That means food, you know, because food talks about identity. When you know what they eat, you know their identity. Also to get immersed on music. Because uh-huh. then you will learn their thoughts and ideas. They are reflected on the words of a song. And art, local art also, also tells you a lot about the concept of life of those people. So if you read between the lines, like, like what they eat, how they, the art and the music, then you understand how they think in a global, in a more holistic way. Yeah. So it's getting worse. I, I remember, and this is not, this is not something that I complain, but I can share with you. Uh, whenever we have Indian or Chinese pavilions in Mexico, they will not eat Mexican food. Never. Mm. You have to do a catering for them with their ingredients. They mm. don't eat tacos at all. They eat their own food and you have to bring uh, someone, a chef that will make them their own food. So they mm-hmm. never try to, you know, experience the tacos or whatever in Mexico. Uh, so I advise you to try to do it because it's part of the identity of where you are located. So get immersed on the local culture. And the third one will be my favorite word when you're dealing with international relationships and cross-cultural matters is is flexibility okay you have to be flexible at certain point you um you have to understand that there's another person there that you have to adapt to the context and that flexibility is the key word for you to be successful if you give a little bit the other person will understand and we'll give a little bit and then we both can get to a certain objective to a certain point if you're not flexible you're gonna totally um you know dig in your heels and you won't get anywhere i mean it's it's, it's positional bargaining and that doesn't really work um at least that's what that's what i think Jose, it's been a pleasure talking to you last question if i may is if people would like to get in touch with you how can they do that well, actually, it's uh, I will I will give you my LinkedIn. LinkedIn is okay. is Jose Martinez Juarez. Jose Martinez Juarez is the LinkedIn Jose Martinez Juarez, and also with my uh, through my uh, website, which is um, MexicoTradeFairs.com. MexicoTradeFairsServices.com. Trade fairs and then services. Services. Okay. Trade fair. In singular services. 
Okay. Glorock.com. Okay, that'll be in the show notes um, when this uh, becomes live, so people can trace that back if they haven't clearly uh, understood or clearly heard what um, what you said. Can I thank you again and um, close this uh, recording of this podcast by um, pretty much thinking that we'll bump into each other in the future? Thanks so much. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me and thank you everyone for listening. You're welcome. If you have not subscribed to this podcast, you can do so in iTunes, Spotify and Stitcher and all other good places where you can find your podcast. If you are in iTunes, why don't you leave us a five-star review because that will help the visibility of this podcast. Right, the music you hear in the background is from Ben Sound. Check them out at bensound.com. My name is Chris Smith. This was the Culture Matters Podcast, and I'll be back in two weeks' time. See you then. Bye. Overlooking cultural differences when you're developing your business internationally can be the biggest mistake you can make. Let Chris and Peter help you avoid those mistakes. Get in touch now. Go to culturematters.com. <laughs> <laughs>